This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my Bree's Got a New Dress, Bree Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I was waiting to see if it was going to be like, uh, like recovering from a cold Bree or or what? Like I've been <clears throat> I've been having that lovely <clears throat> all day, all week. Yeah, long. but you got a new dress. And I, I did just, get a new dress. I love my new dress. It's very pretty. It's very bright. It's I love very the patterns. Soft. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Like new clothes just make you feel really good. It's a new dress, but I have to tell you something cool about the dress. Oh, it has pockets. It I has see you pockets. using it right now. It That's the pockets. best thing. That's what they should all do with dresses. I uh, know. Like every piece of women's clothing should wear pockets because you know what? I've been getting out of the car recently and I'm like, oh, I have to go back and grab my bag. And then like my husband gets out of the car and he's like, I'm good. You know, just that motion of grabbing your bag it's annoying. It's annoying. It's very annoying. <laughs> yes. I hate the fact that I have to like reach in to grab things. But you know, my bigger thing is like, so I live in a neighborhood where I live in a townhouse, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't have a yard. I have to walk my dog. And I like taking my phone with me to, on my walks because sometimes I listen to music. Mm -hmm. I listen to podcasts. Um, if it's night, got to turn on the flashlight to see where he went to the bathroom to clean it up, like all that stuff. And I can't do that when I don't have pockets. Yeah. I got to hold the phone and then I've got him on my leash. And you know, my dog, he's like owner protective. He yeah, so it's I love fun. the pockets trend. A lot of my leggings I'm getting now, they have pockets. And I'm right. like, this is so lovely. Someone <laughs> is finally figuring out out there that women, we love pockets, man. They oh are the gosh. best. They are the best fashion accessory. Put there. pockets in it and sold. Yes. Sold. Well, but you're right too. Like new outfits, I feel very special and clean and, and pretty today with my new my new dress. Yeah. Do you ever find though after you buy new clothes, uh, you don't want to put them in the washer? Because somehow yes. after you wash it, like it's not, it doesn't have the same feel. It 
doesn't it doesn't like on no exactly i'm like i was wearing this today just to try it out mm. and then it's going back in my closet until we go to our our conference yeah it's not coming back out again oh i want it to be this beautiful and pretty and soft i don't blame you i would do the same <laughs> exact thing because yeah i i'm very disappointed in that once they figure that out too that's the next thing in clothing yeah. and it's not taking it to the dry cleaner every like i can't I do a dry know. cleaner but that's tiring, exhausting, nice. and annoying. And then you're like, oh, you don't I, I don't know if you're like me. I get dressed in the morning and like that's when I decide what I want to wear. Mm-hmm. And if I want to wear a blouse that I don't have because it's at the dry cleaner, what am I gonna do, man? I don't have it. <laughs> I always forget to pick it up. I'm the person who forgets yeah. things and like it's there for like a month and I'm going and apologizing. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I have just forgotten. Oh yeah. I've had plenty of times where I've gone in the dry cleaner and I'm just hoping they didn't sell my stuff. <laughs> so long. You just forget. It's like when it's not built into your routine or your schedule, you forget it if it's something that goes out. Do you yes. see what I do there? We have a guest today. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. That was a great lead in. If, I, if I can't applaud myself on the Brie intros, I'll applaud myself on the segues. That was perfect. <laughs> and then going back and recognizing how great of a segue I was, which totally negates the whole segue. Uh, we do that a lot. I've noticed on our podcast. <laughs> but We're talking about routines. We have Kara Harvey. She is now a two-timer on the No Guilt Mom podcast. Whoop, whoop, two-timers. Two-timer. She is uh, the founder of A Purpose Driven Mom. She's the host of A Purpose Driven Mom podcast, uh, which I've been a guest on, which is fabulous. She's a product- productivity coach for mom entrepreneurs and author of the new book, just released in January, audiobook coming very, very soon, The 15-Minute Formula, which is an avenue to help moms feel more confident, less of a hot mess, and start to structure and run their lives in a way that allows them to live a life by design. And she is going to talk about all about the book in our interview with her. You are going to be amazed at how much you can get done in 15 minutes. And uh, if you're a little bit of a rebel like me and doesn't even like telling yourself what to do, she has some tips for you there too as well. Yes. After listening to Kara, 15 minutes can change my life. Yeah. So enjoy our interview with Kara Harvey. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Sibling Adventure Missions. Sibling Adventure Missions are so much fun. Your kids are going to have 14 activities that encourage them to work together, solve challenging things, and even create like good things for you. There's a parent spa day in the Sibling Adventure Missions, by the way. I think some of the best things about Sibling Adventure Missions is that, uh, first of all, it gets your kids to do stuff together. And two, it gets them to do stuff together and gives you a little bit of a break to do some stuff on your own. Yes, because, you know, the fighting, it can get really, really overwhelming. And sometimes fighting is caused by boredom. And Sibling Adventure Mission solves that. I mean, my kids will take one of these ideas, like when they're in the mood to talk to each other, which, you know, siblings. Yeah. (laughs) But they'll take one of these ideas and they'll like bake cookies together or they'll like play a game that they hadn't had an idea to before. So if you feel like you're always giving your kids ideas of things to do, Sibling Adventure Missions is going to be your best friend and uh, make sure you're on the No Guilt Mom email list to get all the good stuff about that. We have a link in the show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast.
Welcome back, Kara, to the No Guilt Bomb podcast. You are a two-timer now. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, we should make jackets. (laughs) I know. I want to be, there has to be a special like club. Oh yeah. Something with the club. You said, okay, to stickers. To stickers. I like the sticker idea. (laughs) Yeah. What do you feel about having a sticker or jacket, Kara? I think I would definitely go with a sticker. I don't know yeah. if I would rock a jacket, but I'm just honored to be a two-timer for y'all. You're a two-timer. Yeah, it's- I could think about that, rocking a jacket that says I'm a two-timer. I don't know if I'd really want to walk around with that. No, it's I don't know if people would get it. Probably not a good idea. One of those ideas that will go the way of Chicky Chicky Bomb Bomb from Shark Tank, <laughs> where you have your end and the friend end for a chapstick. Oh my yeah, God, no. I forgot about that. But Kara, you have a new book and I see the book all lined up behind you, the 15 minute formula. We are so excited to see you with like this new, like, it's like a book baby, right? Yes, it, it is. And on, I actually had the book go from idea to print in nine months. So it is symbolically and actually a baby. Oh my gosh. So tell me that story. Tell me like, how did you do it? And like, what made you want to do something from idea to print in nine months? Yeah. So I never wanted to write a book. It was never on my list. It was never a thing. There's lots of people who like, I know book is a bucket list for me. I was like, no, thanks. I'm not really that great at writing and I don't want to do it, but it came out of frustration. So it was actually last year at our summit where I was looking for books for our book club, for my membership. And everything I found was just so masculine and energy, like hustle, 5 a.m., get up early or you're failing. And I thought there has to be something better. And, you know, you get swept up in the summit excitement. I was like, I should pronounce a big dream too. And I said, you know, maybe I'll write a book. So I literally said out loud to myself on a Friday, I was like, God, if you want me to write a book, send me a sign and uh, I'll think about it for next year. Cause I had my plan. Like I had 2021 planned out already. And I knew a book was a big project. So that Monday I got an email from, you know, those online mentors that you don't really know in real life. Uh, and it was Mike Michalowicz uh, who wrote like profit first and clockwork. And the subject line was, I want to help you write your book. Oh that my was side. And I was like, wait me. And I mean, you know, it was to everyone on his list, but he was hosting an in-person book event uh, in New Jersey, the town my sister lives in. And it was in April. And it was actually the two days I had already planned to take off. I always plan a couple of days post-summit um, off. I already took those two days off my calendar. And I thought, I've got to apply for this. Like, this is, talk about a sign. Talk about multiple <laughs> signs in a row. Um, only 10 people were able to go because of COVID. And so I applied and I got accepted. And I went up to this book workshop having zero idea anything about writing a book. And it was literally everything I probably would have learned in a book course if I had taken one of those. But in person, in a small, intimate setting, I got to sit next to him at lunch and hang out. And he's become a mentor of mine now. Um, and I figured what I was going to write about and how I was going to write it. So after I left this event, I knew that I wanted to get this out in a time that made sense for me. So I used kind of all the principles that I write about in the book, and I broke it down into what I teach is called learn, plan, and do. And I went into a learning phase for it. And then I spent some time planning it out. I knew how long it was going to take me to write. I timed myself to see how many words I could write in an hour. And I broke the goal down. And I broke it down in a way that made sense because I knew that I wasn't going to have a weekend or six hours in a day to write. I wasn't going to get to like recluse to some cabin that wasn't my life. I have three kids. And I figured if I write for an hour, three times a week, I can actually get the 50,000 words completed by the end of the summer, which was my goal. And I got to work. And in the middle of all of that, my life actually kind of imploded. So I had been at my church for like seven years. I went up leaving my church. It was like a real traumatic grieving experience for me. My grandmother passed away like two weeks after that. And then my husband lost his job. So he was out of work from July to November. And so I spent like two weeks on the couch, like just in my feels. 
But because I had built in a buffer time of only writing three days a week, when I was ready to get back to it, I knew all I had to do was adjust to four or five days and I could still hit my deadline. Um, and so I was able to get that done. And then I moved into the next phase. And it was interesting because I have a book coach that I worked with. I decided to self-publish and he, he's a great guy. Listen, this guy helped me through, but he's married, no kids. And he kept saying, well, your book's going to be done by the end of summer. You could probably have it out for October, for yeah. November, for Christmas. And I kept saying, but I don't want to do that. And it made me realize that's why this book needed to be written because just because I can do something fast does not mean I should. Cause if I was to hustle and get it out very fast, I would have felt really sloppy with it. I would have been stressed out. It wouldn't have felt good for me. And also I know my mom, as soon as holiday hits, she is not thinking about her. She's not thinking about buying a book. So I said, when does this make sense for her? And it was the third week in January when the book came out, when pretty much everyone who's made a goal on a vision board was like, nah, I'm done with my goals now. I've forgotten about them. And I was like, oh, okay, that's when she needs it. And I kind of stuck to my guns on that and thought this is what's going to make the most sense for her and for me and was able to kind of get the book out. Hey, all it is Joanne and Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe. And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. That is so interesting. There's a lot of things that you said there that I want to dig into more because your book called The 15-Minute Formula, I see a lot of the things that you talk about in your book, actually in your process of writing a book and getting a goal. And some of it is like so opposite to like how I myself operate. So I am fascinated about your approach. So first of all, let's start with the whole idea 
that moms are told to just prioritize it. And how do you feel like that's a disservice to moms? Sure. I mean, this is another one of these like throw it in the trash phrases we hear all the time. Like if you want it bad enough, you'll just do it, right? Just make it a priority. Like your why should be bigger than your excuses. And it's like, well, no, that doesn't work out. That doesn't work. Just prioritize it. And like, like your why needs to be bigger than your goal, which I, I have like kind of followed my whole life and I don't think it's served me at all. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't serve us at all because with us being moms, we have lots of things that are important to us, right? But if I asked any mom on a given day, their top three things they'd have to get done, one of them would have to be for their kids, right? Something somebody needs, the laundry, the driving, the forms for the pay, I don't know, something about their kids. And if we only follow this path of working on your top priority, um, we will only work on stuff for our kids. And like, where do we come in? And so I think it's this switching of it and saying that can still be important, but let's look at, I like to call them micro priorities. Like let's look at these micro priorities instead. And when you look at your day, look at what's important in all the categories of your life, but you've got to break it down smaller. I am a huge dreamer. I'm like, go big or go home, but that's the goal. The action plan needs to look different. So what I recommend is, you know, go through and say, hey, these are the main categories of my life. This is what I'm doing. I've got like work and mom life, self-care, you know, health, whatever it is. And then ask yourself, if in the next month, I could only accomplish three things, what would those be in each of them? All right. So Mm -hmm. once you have them and you look at them, now you can say to yourself, great, this is what's most important inside each category. Let me make an action plan for the number one in all my categories and start Mm -hmm. to fit them in strategically. Yeah. So like you mentioned these three categories and what were the three categories again, like self-care and. Oh yeah. So if you were to like pick like a self-care goal, Mm -hmm. if you were to pick like a family goal and then uh, the kids. I feel like when we, as moms, we're given so much advice that we need to spend like quality one-on-one time with our kids. And that's the reason for like all of our kids misbehaviors, this quality one-on-one time. And that we tend to like focus more on those family goals than we do on like the self-care. Like, do you find like there is some kind of balance in categories that you like to focus on? Yeah. Well, this is actually super timely because I lost my mind with my kids this morning and actually your voices were in my head today. Oh yeah. I went through and was like, what do I need right now? Um, because for anyone listening, I am a student of common happy parenting. So I use it in my day today. And I I literally was like, what do I need right now? And I was like, I'm tired and I'm overworked right now. And I can feel myself getting short tempered and taking it out of my kids. Like I literally talked myself through it. And I was like, I've not been taking care of myself and that's what I need to do. So my kids were like doing their thing this morning and making mess. And I was like, I'm going to go walk on the treadmill right now and take some time for me. And like, just walked away from it and was able to come back differently. Um, So that is what literally happened this morning. But I think when it comes to our self-care, it's a proactive thing and you need to be proactive about fitting in at least 15 minutes a day. Cause moms will be like, I don't have time for that. I get it. I've got three kids. Like I get it. I don't have a ton of time either, but I know that if I don't spend at least 15 minutes, which is literally like the point of the book, is that 15 minutes is enough to refill your tank. It's enough to get traction. It's enough to start to gain confidence. It's enough to show up Mm -hmm. for yourself, even on the hard days. You know, like I know that it takes me what, like less than 10 minutes to unload my dishwasher or fold a load of laundry, Mm -hmm. but I can stare at it and complain about it forever. But by actually taking the action in the 15 minutes, I'm going to feel good. So I think when it comes to self-care, it's asking yourself, do I have 15 minutes or more of something for me each day 
and adding that in. It's not that much time. And it's so hard too, when you don't know what exactly is going to be the thing that fills you up, because a lot of popular wisdom is like, Oh, take a bubble bath or go for a walk or like, it's totally different for each person. And I love that you suggest 15 minutes, because I also think that if you really commit to those 15 minutes that you're going to find something that you like, and that actually works for you in terms of self-care out of like curiosity, what would you do for your 15 minutes? Yeah. So my, my 15 minutes tends to be a mix of like, I like to just like walk. So, and I can't get outside all the time because my kids are home and they're little. So yeah. I will just like walk on the treadmill and listen to a podcast that tends to be what gets me kind of refilled and in the zone. And what I like about podcasts is you could just pick what you need. So I don't have to like find something. Um, and, you know, oddly enough, a lot of people don't look at planning as self-care, but planning is one of my favorite forms of self-care. <laughs> it's like a gift I'm giving to myself next week, like sitting and brain dumping out all the things in my head or categorizing my lists and some of the ways that I teach and just getting all of the things I'm thinking onto paper is one of my best forms of self-care. And when you spend the time to plan your next week, to plan your goal, to meal plan, whatever your planning is, it is so freeing for the you next week. And it's this beautiful gift that you don't even realize you need until you get there. And all of a sudden you're like, Kara from last week, I love you. Thank you for taking care of me. I talk to future Joanne all the time and past Joanne. I'm like, yeah. okay, like anytime there's something I don't want to do, like, and this applies probably to your 15 minute formula. If like, I see something like a household task, such as the litter box. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, okay, this is a gift to future Joanne. Here we go. Here we go. Like, and then you don't have to think about it. And it doesn't <laughs> irk you every time you walk by yes. and like, and yeah. just bring you down all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll have something done. I'll be like, thank you, past Joanne. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a reminder. You have to agree because it's really helpful. And you know where this connects is to knowing like why you're doing something. So, like, to give another kid example, we just got this storybook chess. Have you guys seen this? It's I like teaches no. your kid how to play chess and it has a little story. And it's oh, I've so, seen ads for it. Yeah. Yeah. The oh. ads have stopped me for a while. And finally, my husband was like, we should do this. And I was like, it, listen, if you suggest anything we should do, I was like, yeah, we certainly will buy like nine copies of it. Sure. So we got the storybook chess on Monday and it takes like 15 to 20 minutes to play, but it's something we've decided we really like to do all four, like all five of us. Well, my steps not here right now. So the four of us have been doing it and my kids are loving it and also understanding how to play chess. Like, I don't really know, but it's really fun. Um, and so one of the things that I think is important is like actually knowing what matters the most to you and Right now I'm coming out of this super busy season. So what's, what my focus is this season is family time and like getting all of that, like my cup refilled with my family because I know that I've been working so hard that I need that. And so when there's a task that's like the laundry or the dishes or a work task I wanna get done that I can get done in the pockets, this is what I remind myself like, hey, future Kara is gonna be so excited after dinner to get and sit, play chess with the entire family instead of being the one like doing the dishes and not getting to enjoy that time and then getting resentful because I'm not getting to have the fun that I need. And I think knowing that is really helpful in taking the action because mm -hmm. sometimes we think 15 minutes, like it's really not enough. We can't get that much done, but honestly, like it really just takes us 15 minutes to play this little chess thing. And that 15 minutes, if I would have been filled with some sort of home chore, otherwise, right. Instead of actual time with my kids. Well, the 15 minutes too, it's so interesting when it comes to just relating this to also teaching your kids productivity and teaching your kids chores is that a lot of our hesitation, um, and a lot of our kind of misunderstanding about like the chore process and getting kids to help out at home is like with our own selves and our own productivity. Like we look to our family and we're like, oh my gosh, they should be doing these chores and they should be doing this. And then we look to ourselves. And we're like, 
I'm tired. I'm going to do this another day. And it's this whole mastery of yourself first and then helping your kids do it. So I think like with, with your 15 minutes, I love it because 15 minutes and I, I calculated this, it is four. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno's if you play that. <laughs> I mean, that's how we get our kids. My kids yeah. they clean their room to, you know, the Disney Spotify channel, like they ask for it and it makes it fun. And it's, it's one of the things that gets them going. And I think the key with the 15 minutes though, is pre-identifying how to spend that time. Because I find that uh, I can easily just like scroll TikTok or stare into space or do nothing. But I have this concept called the microwave minute. And um, I don't think we talked about this one last time. So, you know, we're at our microwaves like all day if we have a microwave, right? Like I reheat my coffee all day. I'm always doing something there. And what I realized I was doing was just that, absolutely nothing, just standing there. And I thought, what if I was able to focus tasks? Because our brain's like, we don't want to multitask. But what if I was able to have something I did while that was happening intentionally? And I started with my dishwasher. And I thought, maybe it doesn't feel like a lot to put like four mugs away. But if I do it throughout the day, by the end of the day, it's empty. And then it's very easy to load it back up instead of, oh, I've got to unload it and load it. And so what I did was, and what I recommend moms do is create a microwave minute list for themselves. And we keep one on our fridge. So like my oldest, if he's got a couple minutes before school, look great. There's a list, right? Grab something, right? And these are tiny tasks, literally wiping the counters, taking the recycling out, the stuff that fills our time anyway, that I predetermined, I'm going to do these when I'm at the microwave. And so instead of taking time other places, that's my time to do it. I've got a list for my car. When I'm sitting at the car line, I can clean my dashboard. I can answer DMs. I can text a couple people, right? I can clean the photos off my phone. Um, when we're at the doctor's office, like all these things. And it's the predetermination that helps us not waste the time because the time will pass. It's like knowing, hey, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And our brains are, you know, on overload anyway. So it's hard to think of things on the spot. Like, I know I have a yeah. hundred things to do. What am I forgetting? What, yeah. what am I forgetting? If we just have the list already done, us and our kids can jump in and you could be like, oh, great. I've got, we have 10 extra minutes before school. Is there something I can take off my list now that will help Kara in a couple hours and okay, grab yeah. it then? Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So I have to tell you, like, uh, to be like the devil's advocate here, my brain automatically rebels against anything that I tell myself to do. Like I can't get myself to do things and I can't like have other people tell me to do things. It's like this automatic anger that happens. Like I can only do it when I want to do it. So when you're describing that list of things, I would be like, "Mm -mm, not going to do that today. Future Joanne, you can't tell me what to do. Do you have any like advice for those kind of rebel personalities where it's just, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so this is where this beautiful mix of grace and intentionality comes in and it's customization. So I do still suggest you go through the process and you make the list, but no one's saying the list has to be done in order. And I think this is what's important because sometimes we just don't feel like doing stuff. And so if, for example, dishes, which is one of my least favorite things is on the top of my list. And I tell my brain, I must do dishes first nothing else will ever get done because all I'm going to do is procrastinate doing the dishes because I don't want to. And so if I have other tasks that I have to get done, I could actually listen to my own intuition and my own feelings and say, which one of these do I feel like doing? All right, I'm going to wipe the counter. That's fine. And I can move around. And I think that's where it's important to tell yourself and convince your brain like, hey, listen, I'm not giving up any power by having a list. What I'm doing is actually empowering myself to make choices based on what I need and have to do because the stuff has to still get done, but then you are allowed to kind of go in with what you feel like in the moment. It's an element of choice. Okay. I could, I think I can get down with the element of choice thing. Uh, (laughs) It's still like the whole life that I have to be doing something in there. I might, you know what? I might actually have to intentionally leave things off the list and be like, nope, this isn't allowed on the list. And then my brain will be like, well, I'm going to do this list. (laughs) I'm going to do the imaginary list. I'm going to do the imaginary list. The the invisible list. (laughs) The invisible list is what that is. And don't fill every lineup. I think this is a secret we forget. We don't have to fill every lineup of our planner. I know it's there and it's pretty and we want to, but if you have a list that has 10 lines on your piece of paper, fill up five, who cares? Add in, scroll Instagram, like Mm -hmm. add that into your list. Add in those things that you know, because sometimes I also, I will consider myself like a highly driven person, but I'm also not motivated all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I like Netflix and TikTok and all those sort of things. Like I don't want to be doing stuff all the time. That's not good for me either. And so I think it's important to add in like those pieces of self-care of, you know, like numbing out for a minute or taking a second to just like stare into space, put those on your list too. Hey, I have to say one of my favorite self-care things is to scroll TikTok for funny dog videos. Funny, funny videos. It is a Mm -hmm. a real thing. It's a mood booster. It is. You are doing self-care there. I love watching those videos. Uh, funny dog videos are the best. I love, so I like the 15 minutes. I like that you say like, don't schedule things. Cause I feel we do that, uh, here at no Gilman, like we all time block. And usually we have a whole day that it's not scheduled at all just to allow for overflow and to what, like what else comes up because there are, there are always things that come up that you'll need to kind of move around and we'll mess with your schedule. Yeah. I, I always remember from our first interview with you care about the stop and drop. Yes. You got it. You got to give yourself time. So you're not doing the stop and drop. Yeah. That's what I was going to say that thought catcher time we talked about the other day. And I was actually on a coaching call yesterday with someone 
And I asked her, I'm like, well, do you have an overflow block in your week? Cause you know, I teach time blocking as well. And she was like, what? And I was, she's like, well, I have thought catcher time. Like you told me to do that. And I was like, make an overflow block. Like once a week and ex- or once a day, I can't really get into an overflow once in every single day. So I just have once on Fridays where I schedule and the inside of my block is two hours of all the stuff that just doesn't get done. Like thought catcher time to me is more the stuff I remember that still needs to get done. And then mm-hmm. overflow is just all those tiny things that just took a little bit longer. But when we don't right. plan for overflow, we get stressed. Our brain's like, I can't do anything at all. And we take zero action. So again, it's not pessimistic, but realistic. Plan for life to happen and give yes. space and buffer. That goes back to when I was saying about the book. I didn't plan to write seven days a week. I planned to write three because I knew something was going to come up and I was going to have to adjust my goal at some point to write more days. So I figured let's start with a more realistic goal for me so I could see success and grow confidence in this goal. And then my brain could be like, you can do this. You can do this. Every time you show up, you can do this. And then when it was time to sit back and write and I had to move up to five days a week because I took those two weeks off, it wasn't as bad because I had intentionally built it in and it wasn't like, I got to stay up till midnight to do everything and finish it up. Realistic is really the key there, because I think like a lot of us really highly driven people want to get as much as possible done every week. And so we like stack our calendars and we have it like pre-planned. And then of course something happens and we have to drop the ball and then we feel crappy about dropping the ball. Uh, but having, I love thought catcher time because always when I am planning, I can never anticipate everything that needs to be done. And there's always something else that comes up during the week where we're like, Oh, I should have put that on the calendar. So just having a spot for that is, is genius. I'm going to put some thought catcher time on my calendar. I challenge all of our listeners to put thought catcher time on your calendar as well. So you don't feel so bad. Uh, Kara, what do you have coming up for you that you're really excited about? Yeah. So one, I'm slowing down a bit, which is very nice. Um, <laughs> so I'll talk a little bit about slow down and then I'll talk about something very excited, but um, I actually, speaking of planning, I always plan a couple things after a big project. Like I just got done with the summit. So I plan off days to rest. I plan a day to catch up on work, a day to catch up on home and then a day to plan. So I'm excited about that um, in my own personal life. But the audiobook of the 15 minute formula, we're hoping to have it ready for Mother's Day this year. We really wanted it because you can get the book in hardcover, Kindle or paperback now on Amazon. But a lot of the moms were asking for an audiobook, and I'm gonna not even lie. I was I didn't want to do it because I was like, I talk fast. I have kind of a funny Jersey accent. Like people are gonna make fun. Like I was not open to it, and everyone was like, you have to read your own book. Yes. And it was so hard. I did not think an audiobook recording was going to be as hard, but I felt like I had to be a voice actor and oh. slow down, and I couldn't miss miss the words because you have to have a certain amount of words right. And it took me so much longer than I thought. But I did honestly the same process. We broke down how many chapters needed to be done in the process, how long we wanted it with some buffer to get it out on time. So our fingers are crossed that I believe it's like right around May 4th, we're going to have the audiobook ready to go for everybody. That's Woo-hoo! awesome. Oh, yeah, audiobooks are no joke at all. I've been through that process as well. I actually, I was actually up at that process when my nephew was being bored and I had to like finish the chapter and then go to the hospital. That, <laughs> that was my favorite story. Though, like you, I, I feel like I could still tell on there like, oh, yep. She's like, okay, got to get done. Like it all speeds up at the end. It's funny. Well, Kara, it has been wonderful chatting with you again. Thank you so much for now being a two-timer on the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. So I fought a little bit against Kara there with her uh, scheduling because you saw me like me. I just cannot be told what to do and I can't tell myself what to do. And it's really a struggle. 
Every time I see that come out in you, the song Rebel Girl, it's a song like just rides through my head so loud because (laughs) it's true. You're like, Rebel Girl. (laughs) You do things your own way. But it's like not even intentional. It's more of just a gut reaction. Yeah. And if I see a schedule, except when we... So there, there are ways though around that because... I know if I know it will benefit me in the long run, like if I know it'll benefit future Joanne, I will do it. But it has to really be clear how it benefits future Joanne. And it can't just be a mindless thing. True. In me, I need structure. I, I, I have to have that structure. So like I, the 15 minutes and planning, that's really great. But the thing about me, and you know this, is that I love structure, mm-hmm. but then I'm like a hot mess like a day later. And I'm like, oh, that structure fell out the window. <laughs> All right, we'll try to hop back on that bandwagon again in a day or two or a week. Um, but it does like give me something to strive towards. Yeah. So. Well, in addition to structure, I think like accountability helps as well. So like having that structure uh, and then having people you're accountable to, which I think is the only way I get things done in this business is because I'm like, okay, well, I need to get this done. If I don't get this done, Brie can't do her job. So I got to do it right now. You're right. And I think that when it comes like to like a work type setting, it, it and I've got somebody else that I'm accountable to that I have to get something done on, I can, I can focus so much better. But like when it's at home and it's like, for instance, I, I, I haven't gotten my chore done this week of like, I have to get vacuuming done and the bathroom's cleaned. Mm-hmm. I'm not really accountable to anybody about that. Like, no. if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I'm like, like my kids don't care. No. <laughs> I care, but that's it. Well, if you care, yes, that's one thing. And when I would look at it, be like, mm, I can't see the dirt. I'm not bothered by it yet. Well, that's <laughs> my point. Like, I, it'll bother me later. It'll bother me at like midnight. Really? And then I can't get up and vacuum at midnight if we're sleeping. Oh, that's interesting. It's weird. I have never had vacuuming bother me at midnight. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like when I'm going to bed. Really? Mm-hmm. Or first thing in the morning when I'm getting up. You know, you know what it is. It's because you already know that my thing is that I have a tendency to clean when I'm avoiding other things. Okay. <laughs> so that's my avoidance. Are you avoiding sleep at midnight? Sometimes I do. Really? I have a heart. That's you know, interesting. I think I, I think I need to bring this up with my therapist today. <laughs> I think we might have a few things we need to dive into Avoiding here. sleep by vacuuming at midnight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Check. <laughs> And the therapist will be like, oh, yeah, that's a new one. That's a new one. <laughs> be like, interesting. Tell me more. Yes. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Kara. And remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, 
you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 